cut the prime mute muscle. I think I buy her. This is exceptionally crunchy. The stuff I have to talk about is probably really different than what you have. Okay, we are live for uh, this week's uh, uh, Anime for All podcast, season two. We are now talking about. We are here to talk about. Uh, recent episode of my hair academia and also two more episodes of shaman king we're back on that train um but as we always as yes that train that we dismissed uh as usual um before we go into that just a tiny clip note here nothing's changed on the analytics we're still down two followers but apparently we've gone up i guess in downloads i guess at some point i don't quite understand this graph so uh I think we're actually getting, like, I'm noticing on the map here, I think the downloads are going up in some places, which is funny. Yeah, we're okay. getting we're getting a lot of hits in Ashburn, Virginia, for whatever reason. Columbus, yep. Ohio. Getting some in Cincinnati. Got some in STL, which is somewhere near St. Louis. So, uh... Oh, like, like, hello, Kansas. Apparently, there's somebody, there's a couple people in Kansas listening to this. Oh, I was born in Kansas. Maybe one day we'll get some hits in Los Angeles, but not until then. Um, it's on fire right now, isn't it? I, I mean, when is it never on fire? But um, isn't isn't like Los Angeles like? Some languages translation for on fire in the summer or something. Mm, I had no idea. Uh, apparently, we got some downloads in Brussels and in, in Brussels of Belgium. So, wait. Oh my goodness, we got some people in Frankfurt, Germany. Are you kidding me? Okay. Um. Oh, I uh, love hot dogs. Moving on, <laughs> before we get too <laughs> off the rails here, and talk about <laughs> hot dogs. Um. That's all I wanted to say about that. We're going to start with the well, with the what everybody's here for, which is My Hero Academia. Um, this episode is a is a is a is a basics episode. We go back to the basics. Um, we are now like following Uaraka and Froppy uh, in their internships. Um, I guess another interesting detail is I wasn't aware of this, but apparently they're doing this on their on their winter break. This is actually happening on their winter break. I was not aware of this until they brought that up. So. Um, <laughs> They're doing this with their own free will, even though it seems kind of mandatory, so I don't know what that's about. But, um, we do a recap of last episode, and we are learning that, as I turn this off, we are, we are learning what, uh, they're doing a recap of everything that happened between Deku, Bakugo, and Todoroki and Endeavor. And, uh, they're trying, they're trying to learn what, they're trying to improve what they need to learn. We see a couple of, uh, we, in the very beginning of the episode, Deku brings up the other people, other students are um, at internships, and we get a chance to see some of them. 
We don't get a chance to see all of them. But um, we learn. We, we get to see almost all of them, don't we? I'll probably say a good half, maybe. If, if not, I'm, I'm, we're going to go through right now to see if I'm wrong on that one. We probably are. Um, the first slide we see is a Kaminari Vine Girl. Who's also with him? Or is it... It's Oh, Tape Man. Yeah, we see Tape Man with Mount Lady. Com, uh, Kamin, not Kaminari, but Kamui. Yeah, Kamui. And that flat dude, that ninja dude. Uh, so they're turning... Grapes over there, too. In the corner. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't let I didn't let that go far enough. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Grapevine's there. Um, we flash over to uh, Kirishima, um, Tetsu Tetsu, and Amanaki or Amagaki. That that guy from the Big Three. They're interning with um with a uh, Fat Gum. I think it's about it. They, yeah, that's they're the only two interning with them. Well, three. Then we 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 know that uh Tsukiyomi is interning with uh some places some some places where where Hawks used to live. Uh, we see Ida going back to where he first interned with that guy with the fin on his on his head back when um back during the stain incident. Uh huh. Is that he? Is he? Is he the only one there? I guess he's the only one there. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, so I wasn't paying attention to that. The next slide we see um the 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 ultimate muscle ripoff guy with the uh beast or what 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 was the thing you said he was more like? I forgot what he was more like because it wasn't beast. It was somebody else. <laughs> Huh? Sasqu oh, the Sasquatch dude. We also see Tailman along with the guy you learned as Saiyan armor. They're Sugar in turn. Oh, no. Okay. No, I mean I said I, I said the Sugar Rush is the guy who I called it Ultimate Muscle Rub Off. You, you don't know yeah. Ultimate Muscle, so don't worry about it. That's okay. Uh, it's a good anime for what it was worth, but uh, whatever. Um, um, with that gun, we also have uh, what's the bird guy's name? Tetsu. No. I said uh, I think his name was Amagaki. I forgot. I forgot Sun Eater. I already, I already kind of mentioned him already. I was so talking about him. At, you huh? see the bird, the bird guy walking with some people. Is that the gun? What's the bird guy's name? What are you oh, talking man. about? The guy with the black head, the bird one. Because you skipped him. No, I didn't. I said Sukiyomi was. I said Sukiyomi was interning. We already know that Sukiyomi was interning over where Hawks used to, uh, where Hawks used to live. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. We, we already kind of we we already kind of knew that because uh, episodes ago Hawks brought it up. Well, Deku asked where Sukiyomi was, and Hawks said that I wish I could be right there with him, but I had something else to do. He mentioned that he was already over there. My apologies. Was no problem? I mean, was there anybody else in that in that scene that I didn't pick up on, or was he the only one? He was the only one. You're good. Okay, I just want to make sure. So um, we're back to Skip I. I, I, well, shoot. Well, uh, I don't know any of those heroes that is with Sugar Rush and like those guys. I don't know any of them. I don't know if we'll ever find out who they are. We probably the won't. Guy, the guy at the top has been brought in and mentioned. He's the teacher, but I can't remember his his full name. I mean, I could look it up, but it's it's not really. It's more like a cameo, so I didn't really bother looking it up. But um, he's one of the teachers. He has some fun name. I just can't remember what it is. Oh. Um, well, let me move on to the next, um, the next, uh, slide, and Jock had finally left brought up that there is somebody in there that looks like a the Hedgehog, uh, clone. Um, yeah. I kind of just, just kind of got to the point where I, some of these are either just references or rips on other things. Um, some of the art design on some of his characters kind of seems out of place, and he's another one of those really out of place looking dudes. 
Um, but we see headphone jack. We see Shoji, the guy with the multiple arms, with a uh, gang orca. And I don't know if I've, we've ever seen him with his mouth open, but if we haven't, we haven't. We have seen it now. That is really <laughs> creepy looking. I uh, I don't know what else to say about that. This is really creepy looking. Creepy with. Creepy's with that comic book looking lady and something that looks like a scarecrow, which I assume is their teacher. Like half scarecrow and half like witch doctor looking guy. Mm-hmm. With the metal legs. Right? I don't know if you're going in order or not, but isn't that like way before then? I mean, no, I was going in order for a hot minute. I kept, I kept on pausing though, because I need to. Cause we were at Jiro, though Jiro was next, and then, oh, we will we, um, you did you did see Jiro, didn't you? But uh, Jiro, the guy with the ability to talk to animals, is with the comic book dude and the washing machine hero, who I forgot his name because we've 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 we got his name, but I completely forgot his name. The washing machine hero is my new favorite character, even better than Frappy now. Oh Lord, um. I guess another thing too, I never really realized this until now, but um, the comic book dude and um, Jiro have kind of had the same power base. You know, they both have their abilities are within their voice. Him is just more a comic book amamatopia, and then Jiro's just able to talk to animals. Yeah. I never really thought about that until now, but that was actually well, that interesting. That's really cool, yeah. Now that you mention it, I guess he would have been um, he would have been good with uh, the mic guy too, right? Yeah, I guess actually. Well, no, he yeah. fought. He fought against Prison Mike with uh, with the headphone jack. That's when yeah. he discovered he had a fear, he had a fear of ants, or bows, whatever. But um, I guess no, now I mean, we can talk. Like learning from him. Yeah, I guess maybe. I mean, if he had any injury, any interest in teaching him, I mean, you know, I don't know what Prison Mike's personality truly is like. We've seen him most of the time, but it's more like he's just joking around. Yeah. Um. We, we move on from there to uh, Creati and Tail Girl. And as Jock mentioned, there was a witch doctor behind them who I've never seen before in my life. The guy seemed like he'd be... Which doctor is that? Hmm? Which doctor is that? I, I would say a witch doctor or a shaman, but I really don't which, know. Which witch oh, doctor? Come. Moving on. <laughs> I'm so shaman, aren't I? Let's go back. I just skipped that. That last scene was too short. Okay, and then the last we see is the guy with the shogun armor, with Invisible Girl, who you easily miss her if you weren't looking at her hands. I did miss her. That's awesome because of the subtitles. I think if they weren't like over it, I maybe I would have noticed. Are you joking around? No, I because I missed Invisible Girl because of the subtitles. Like when I was reading the subtitles. And then my eyes just kind of swirled around, but I didn't see the gloves. Okay. I literally uh, missed Invisible Girl. You're right. Uh, we see Ashido, and then I cannot stop twinkling here, but they don't—they don't really pan on them too long, which is weird. They kind of just immediately go away. At, 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 like I guess that's about all we need to see from them. They put so much into the artwork of this episode with all that stuff. Like, if they don't end up doing much with it, it's so weird that they put, like, so much, because that, all the concepts they had to draw for that, and all the new heroes they had to put into place and stuff like that, and it was, like, very throwaway, so, if they don't come back and do stuff with it later, so I thought that was really interesting, but, 
there's a really nice little like reel of like really good artwork and stuff to pause over that's very missable if you didn't like have a way to have the way to pause it like if you're watching it on tv you'd be like wait no stop come back you know you could just very... tivo it and, re and rewind it from there <laughs> yeah it's just they make you work for it to see all that stuff they're just flying through it like it's easy to do when we go from that we see that at the end of the day for deku bakugo and todoroki is like done and then we go from them to the uh, the main point of the episode, which is Froppy and Uraraka. And yes, I said Froppy first. Let's get that Iris system now because I know it's going to be the main focal point of this entire episode. <laughs> but um, we we essentially see them in their internship. Um, we get an actual. I want to bring it up too before I talk about this costume redesign for Uraraka. There was a redesign on Jiro's headphones that I did not notice when I first watched. What was that? I don't know why, but I mean, it wasn't that much different. It was just like it, the headband was different. Like it was blue and red. It, it, those that was not the way her um, headphones were styled. I don't know what purpose they, what, how much more was changed, but there was a there was a change that I didn't notice at first on on headphone jack's headphones. I don't know like how I don't know how much of a change or how much like how much it really works. I'm not sure like what it's designed to do now. I'm trying to go back to find it because it was during all that uh, panning over the other heroes that we saw. I was gonna go. Yeah, for whatever reason, those headphones look different. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they looked the way they did before. However, they worked before. I need to go find that out, actually. That's super interesting. I wonder. They, uh, they look different. There's so much missable stuff. Like, I was so absorbed in some of the details. Like, missing Invisible Girl like, was easy, and missing something like the headphones was easy. Like, they just bombarded you. It's almost like they wanted you to only catch a couple things and have things that you went back and realized later that you missed. I think that's super interesting. Yes, yeah, possible. Um, now we can talk about Uraraka real quick and also probably mention Froppy because like, we can see some visible changes on her too. Um, one minute. I'm trying to go back. Uh, shoot. Can I get a closer image of her? Yeah, there it is. Um, I, I guess the only real big change in Uraraka's design, costume choice, I feel like her headgear changed too, but I'm not 100% certain. But, um, she's like, uh, made her gauntlets a little bit bigger, and we see why her gauntlets are as big as they are later on in the episode, because she uses them immediately. Um, but I thought it was interesting design choice, they decided to keep everything with her costume almost similar. You would almost have to literally look, look at her hardly. You, you couldn't just glance at her and see if something changed. You had to, like, actually look at her long enough to see the uh, costume change like happen. And they even bring mm -hmm. up that, uh... They even bring up here that Rock says that she got a costume updated. And it, the reason for this choice is really she's trying to be more helpful to Deku or helpful to other heroes. Because she... She wasn't all that... She, she doesn't believe she was all that helpful and she needed to, I guess, stop thinking. She needed to start thinking before she jumps into danger. I guess one of the things that she inherited from Deku being around her for so long. I guess over to, here. To be, to be fair, shooting a grappling hook line for someone that can float is a great idea. There's shit. Well, I kind of wanted to wait to talk about that, but I guess not. But yeah, that was the main purpose of, of her, <laughs> the gauntlet was just to have a grappling hook, which I'm not gonna, I'm not saying you're wrong either. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting idea. I think the thing was weightless too. Well, I guess we will get to that point in a minute. Um. And it seemed like, did you get the impression that when they were asking her about it, that it was like romantic reasons too like i know she thought of deku for motivational reasons but the blush and the refusal to answer and everything else and 
being like. I think what what it really truly is with Uraraka is because, and I still blame Lashido for this, um, bringing up because it's it's typical in an anime, it's like high school girl, well, high school girls anyway, that they're thinking about like getting married in the future. I blame her for that because Uraraka was never all that awkward around Deku. I mean, yeah, she was awkward, but she was never like this awkward to to the point that she would literally turn red even at the thought of him. Or even thought of touching him, but um, I, I mean, I guess a little bit of romantic reasons. I feel I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that she couldn't. She, I think maybe in her mind she was trying to be helpful towards towards him if he ever got in trouble again, because that was one of the reasons she made the grappling hook was she needed to be able to be more helpful to other people in the future, and I, and she probably even thought about that after seeing Deku's new power and its grappling ability. Yeah. If anything, that's probably what truly what did it was that she saw what her what that what that ability did, and she wanted to be able to have her own version of it. And probably some romantic reasons, because I mean, this they're, they're really pushing this Uraraka and Deku thing. I mean, I don't um, know what you do with them in bed, but it seems like it's possible that it's like a sex thing. I mean, if they're in the BDSM, <clears throat> moving on to Froppy. <clears throat> uh. I think we brought this up before, but I'm almost certain we don't see it because she doesn't do anything this episode, which is actually disappointing. Other than like hop on the back of Selkie, she doesn't really do much this episode. But they did emphasize um, when she saw Selkie that she, um, they, I thought this was really interesting that yet again they emphasized that she follows orders at all times. Like she believes in following orders and being kind of a soldier about it rather than think of herself, even though she's adaptable and like setting a mission if someone tells her to do something she does it like she like if it's the person that's in charge of her and she's just so committed to that and you see a whole little like recap montage like a mini one like where they they go over that like idea again so this is like the third possibly the fourth time they've driven at home and uh, i thought that was really interesting that they took the time not just to mention it in passing but to actually do like a recap of that being like the core thing that she got from that experience yeah, I thought that was cool. I mean, at least the at least the people who too jumped into the season not knowing uh, Froppy's past with them, they got a chance yeah. to see it there. Now, granted, I don't know why you jumped into season five as your first season of this anime because you're doing it so a disservice. But whatever. But um, I guess I'll go but to, 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 to just only brush on it a little bit. I mean, uh, after the after the redesign discussion with uh, Uraraka, they um, they have a little party with a. Uh, I forgot her name. Is her name Ryu? I forgot her name. Shoot. Rikun? I forgot her name, the dragon chick. But, um, they have a little mission. They have a little, like, I guess, party with her. And then... Hmm? Ryuku. Ryuku? Okay, thank you. Uh, Ryuku, um... Because, like, they're, you know, they're interning with her. And then... Right now, we're going past that. There, we see news that apparently there's a wildfire going on, which is kind of funny, considering how much fire is going down in California right now, but... They just kind of check it out while eating cake and having a party about the fact that they have a new suit before they go off and spend the day at the beach. Yeah, before that, they also dropped the name Trigger. We are, we are seeing we are seeing more um, emphasis on the drug that enhances yeah. quirks. We also find that this is a different variant on that drug where I think it's a lot more potent. And we see how potent it is later on in the episode, too, because they keep dropping these things, but we do see what they are later on in the episode, which they do a good job at dropping things, and only a few minutes later, we see it in action. 
But um, that's coming. Yeah, they, they uh, yeah, as Jack said, they go to the beach. This is the obligatory uh beach fan service episode. <laughs> but it only goes on for a couple of minutes before they go to do the main story bit of this episode. Wait, I thought that was the end of the episode. That's why I was late to the podcast. I was just watching that two minutes over and over again. Do you, do you believe it's saying too much for your own goods, Jock? <laughs> for four to five hours I was watching that. Oh, dear. I um, did notice, though, that during that episode, around 9-10, they, um, she's wearing flip-flops. Who, Froppy? Yeah, when they're running through the water around 9-10, she's wearing flip-flops and the other characters are not, which made me think it was sort of like a tell that she has does not have webbed toes, because you can't wear flip-flops if you have webbed toes. So I've been curious about like whether her toes were webbed in between, but that made it pretty clear. And then around 9.30, they show you her feet, like because they show her swim from like her back to the camera, and you see her feet, and they don't look webbed at all there either. They don't even look long enough to be webbed, really. So I thought that was interesting, because they do all these things to emphasize how frog-like she is, but then when she like was in her bikini and stuff like that, she was totally normal girl, right down to not even having something small like webbed toes which is odd when you put her next to somebody like selkie who's basically literally a seal speaking of selkie um we go from the wildfire discussion and the trigger uh, discussion um selkie we see selkie apparently doing his job as a hero and following a i guess a ship that is like in territorial in japan territorial sea and he's trying to get them to stop um, to cut the cut things short, as he's trying to get them to uh, to stop, uh, a guy ends up injecting himself with the exact drug trigger we saw before, and uh, we see his eyes turn red and hold, and his pores open up and steam come right out, uh, effectively making a smoke screen, which makes me think that this guy's ability is only able to make maybe a couple puffs of smoke, and he the trigger just makes it come out more. I have no idea. <laughs> Who made a smoke screen in the battle against Mustard when uh, they were attacked during camp? Do you remember that fight? Remember Mustard was in the middle of all that smoke? Mustard was the smoke. He made this. Oh, that's right. And then he had the gun. Mustard was able to do a lot more smoke than this guy was without without any enhancements. That was kind of interesting. That Then they show somebody with an enhancement do something really small. And then you don't see anybody else use the ability either. So it's almost like the anime was like intentionally making you unsure of how strong this, this drug was. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't want to give that up now. They want to let you know that it exists, but they're still keeping tension high. Because exactly. We look at that and we go, well, how strong is this crap? Is it really strong or is it not strong at all? Because that wasn't very impressive. And then the other two characters, they talk big about using their, using the trigger and how much it's going to help them. But when you see them like, when you see them, like, one of them doesn't even get to pick it up, and the other one gets to pick it up and gets a selkie punch in the face and almost goes and goes through the window. So nobody else actually got to use it. That guy used it twice, but that was it. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I mean, I don't know what, I feel like all that was was just they wanted us to show it once, it, it being in use, and that was about it. The other guys probably didn't have powers that were consequential enough for the power to even matter. Yeah. Possibly. We learned later on they were just like couriers. They didn't know what they were even carrying or what they were carrying. I mean, they knew what they were carrying, but they didn't know what 
or what was it what was the use what was going to be used outside um but uh after that smokescreen situation they end up getting out Soki is like something smells fishy fish pun um and he ends up calling um getting a he ends up sending out a rescue uh invite to uh, the number 10 hero and it's essentially how we pull Froppy into into this episode again, along with Araka and everybody else involved in this 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 uh, shenanigans that exists. Can't um, see if there's anything in between that. No, not much. Yeah, I mean, Froppy remembers uh, Selkie. I always get Selkie mixed up with the other girl who I, I forgot her name. In terms of names, because I feel like Sucky would have been her name, but it's not. Um, as Joke I mentioned earlier, uh, Sucky brings up the you know, f uh, like everything that Froppy's done in the past with that octopus dude. I think they caught him and put him in jail, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they, they punched, they kicked him in the face. Yep. It was too lighthearted of an episode for them to have like killed him or something. So, and they definitely didn't let him go. Yeah, her name is Sirius. I don't know why I keep. Okay, whatever. Uh, they also bring up the fact that Froppy's got her uh, license, which I find it interesting that they, they ignore Uraraka the entire time, even though she's standing right next to her. <laughs> it doesn't even recognize. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. Like, I was getting kind of concerned, and we get the obligatory fan service. And I also want to bring up too is the last time Uraraka, uh, that Froppy was actually in a bathing suit, it was like a one piece. The fact that it's a bikini here is very also weird too. No, it's just. I mean, why not? They're just all girls there. They, it's not like they have to be modest with each other. They're all female. I guess I don't know. I just, I just, I just found it weird the first time she was wearing a one piece, but the second time I was like, okay, she got, she got. I guess she, you can have multiple bathing suits, but it just like it seemed kind of interesting. Oh, you're right. But she like doesn't I, have wet feet. Oh, yeah, like I said, I didn't know if maybe they were showing her in less clothes to sh emphasize that. She has a human body, like, to give you a little bit of... I mean, I like, think I knew she was... Like, I mean, she... Even though she has a frog quirk, she looks the, she looks very human, considering her quirk is a mutant ability anyway. Right, I just thought, like, since they were doing a little slice-of-life moment, I thought they were giving us, like, a little inconsequential information about what she looks like. I mean, we were kind of already seeing that, like, early episodes. I mean, for crying out loud, when she's on that wall, you can just see you can just see her from the rear end, and it's just, they were emphasizing a lot of things. As yeah, I was, I was she... getting, I was getting kind of weirded out. I was like, "What's going on here?" They never showed Froppy like this before. Usually, it's crazy to do this too. It's they also have her sit in that weird position and stuff like that, though. So I think they were just like. I don't know. I just felt like maybe they were kind of establishing things a little bit, but she's... I mean, I guess like, we, can, we can just take it like that and then kind of just move on from the conversation. Yeah. Like I said, when they had her in sandals and nobody else was there and there was in sandals and she was running through the water when you wouldn't even sandals, that was the one that... That was the moment that made me think that they were just trying to tell you a little bit about her anatomy in, like, a really little gentle way, like, without making too big of a deal out of it. I guess. I guess with the slice of life, um, we go continue for that from them all having fun. We see um, Nejiro, who I'm guessing they're emphasizing because Uraraka is turning down food that she's handing her to. Her, I'm guessing emphasizing Nejiro can't cook. I, I don't know I, what the point of that burnt food was. I thought she was eating weird-looking stuff. Like she was eating stuff that had like undescribable body, like parts and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but it doesn't look like it's a healthy color, but then again, I could be wrong. I don't know what a healthy color of food is. It was also not a healthy shape, though. <laughs> I thought maybe they were, like, seeing her eating some weird stuff. Actually, was... you know, I just realized something. What? They're all curled like her ability is. Oh. Maybe she, like, cooked it with her energy or caught something? like. I guess she could cook it with her energy. I didn't know her ability could... I guess it is just energy output. It seemed like it was making them uncomfortable and for more reasons than just they didn't want to share it with her or something. Like, like that it was more, like, deeper than just, like, a little grinder or something like that, that she was eating something that was freaking I guess out. speaking of, like, very weird food, I mean, what the heck was Sirius eating? You just have Froppy looking at her like, what is going on over there? She's <laughs> <laughs> taking one bite of her kebab and she's looking over. You can see a sweat, you can see like a sweat drop on her like, like what is going on over there? Yeah. I guess speaking of our anatomy, it's actually interesting to see considering that like, Froppy's mouth shape. I've noticed it before, but I've never really took it, taken too much of a notice with it. But you can really see it here. Her upper lip is like, like, it's like pronounced. It's like you can actually see. It's almost like how like a, a like woman sometimes will have full lips, and you can definitely tell from far away. It's like that yeah. situation with her, because you can see her top lip over whatever she's eating, whatever that is. I don't know what sure? I, I don't know what series is eating though. <laughs> Jeez. Are you sure it wasn't just a bad drawing? Because like you said that Froppy's like art kind of inconsistent anyway. And we as gorgeous as the art art was in the series in general, like. I sent you a screenshot of that picture where, like, at 1610, where Uraraka's eye was, like, like, fish size, like, this giant eye that was placed a little too far back in her head, but it was, like, a third of her head. I mean, she was, was she was turned to the side, though. I saw that. I saw, like, the animation. She was, her head was turned to the side. That was the side of her head. The first time I watched it through and I was watching it with Jesse, we paused and kind of giggled at that because it just, like, looked so... And so Uraraka's head isn't all that big anyway. She is like it's for almost all the other girl female characters in the show, her head is the roundest. That, that is, yeah. I don't have a problem with that, but I'm just saying like her head is literally the roundest of any character in the show, and it's actually surprising considering how weird some anatomy is in the show. And her I, eye is like hmm? the size of a grapefruit, and it's like part like the bottom of her eye is lower than the bottom of her nose, and her forehead is like too big. And her nose and, like, chin are too far down on her face. It's just a warped-ass picture of her. Like, it's just a badly drawn picture of her. There's no way around it. I think they just didn't know how to, like, resolve all the different things going on in her head at the same time with her equipment and everything else. Because the equipment doesn't even really line up with her hair. It looks like it's going off in the wrong direction a little bit. It's just poorly drawn. So, there were, like, a few moments here where, like, the B-team artists must have kind of stepped in and done a less great job. I don't know. I mean, what, like when it comes to Froggy's mouth, her mouth has always been like very frog, like you know, like Kermit the Frog. I, I've been paying attention to like whenever she speaks and whatnot. As I said, I feel like this is just more of an intentional thing for for her yeah. in in general. It's got to be intentional because like it's it's like the whole thing with cat girls. I mean, we haven't seen a cat girl in this anime, which is surprising. I guess Froggy might be the closest thing to it. We but, saw the uh, well, I mean, yeah, the cast, the cat. Never mind. Yeah, we have seen cat girls. Never mind. Like, with the whole, like, curved mouth thing. I feel like that's, it has to be what's going on here. Now, they also, it could be that, um, there is a term for, like, a sloppy mouth where, like, it looks like they got a fang, but it's not, it's just really their really weirdly shaped lip. I forgot what it was, but it's something that's intentionally done on some 
uh, anime chicks that they do. And it, it shows it's, it's supposed to be something that shows with their personality, but I mean, it could be that. It could just be the fact that she's got a frog lip. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut to from from having them having fun to Selkie and Rick uh, Rooklyn. She, I, I don't pronounce her name. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Dragon Lady for right now, so I can actually learn how to pronounce her name. Re. Re. Ryu. Ryu. Ku. Okay, sorry. Uh, Ryuku and uh, Selke, we see like well, like we find out that Selke's doing this so they can have a little peace and enjoy uh, uh, having, a, I guess, like a, a fun day, because he's mm-hmm. you know, he's just making sure they have the ability to fight evil at their I guess, at their optimal. It seems to be the one thing, the common thing whenever there's like an episode where they focus on Froppy or anybody else around her is like they seem to like, uh, high energy is like the theme of that episode. <laughs> we cut to the couriers, uh, them hiding in the uh, in a rock formation that looks familiar to the rock formation that the octopus dudes like hid in last time. Didn't it look familiar to you? Yeah, I think the idea was just to emphasize that this is not the biggest deal in the world. Don't you? I think they were just building up that, like, this is something Selkie can totally handle. He's even done something like this before with Froppy. It's not a big deal. They're not concerned. They're hanging out at the beach beforehand. And if it wasn't for Trigger, this would be the easiest thing in the world. And they're just giving them kind of like a a lap, you know what I mean, to do for their training, and that's it. And I think it gets out of hand a little bit when they've got the surprise of the plane and, you know, and the trigger that they're shooting up and stuff like that. But I think the idea here is they thought, like, well, let's get them over here. Let's do a day at the beach. Like, we didn't even really need them, but um, we're just going to kind of chill and, and and have fun with this and, and remind them what it is to be a hero, you know, and make this sort of a moral lesson. And then things became a little surprising after that and had a twist. Yeah, he even like yeah. says he even says they probably won't try to run during the daytime. Do you know what I mean? Or until tonight, they said probably like to the point where he feels like he's so in control of the situation that he's willing to take a chance on if they do run, he can probably catch them. Well, I mean, you really can't beat a seal, and I, and I think spotted seals are supposed to be like the fastest thing in the water. I think. I hear typing, so he's probably gonna confirm this. But as he's trying to confirm that, um, we uh come back to like later in the day, and now they're already prepared. They're prepared to go off and get these uh marudas, because as Jock said, they were waiting for the. It was they're waiting for the day, like they're waiting for later in the day to go after them. Seals aren't great in the water. They can swim at about six miles an hour, and their top speed is about eighteen. Well, it's spotted seals. I mean, okay, but I imagine. I mean, do they specifically say hey, this guy look as fast? But I don't think he he goes at eight miles per hour. I think he goes a little bit higher than that, actually. Um, great. It might have something to do with the fact that he's also part human, but still. I mean, he's a hero too. So I mean, they, I'm sure that they exaggerate the skills of the um, the animal they represent too, but. Yeah, I think that, I mean, even if a spotted seal is significantly faster, it's not going to be more than 25. I feel like a boat picks up a little more than that. But they're, uh, they all head off. Uh, 
uh, Ryuku is leaving uh, Froppy and Uraraka with uh, Selkie. She's taking Neijiri with her, and I want to bring something up. I know they brought up that she could turn into a dragon, but I don't think they ever showed an animation for when she transformed. And I guess another thing, too, I never really realized this until to just now, or at least looking at it earlier. Um, I didn't know that was a claw on her face, and then the wings on the back of her head. So essentially, it seems like she transforms from touching her face. Yeah. Which is a very deliberate thing that she's done here. She literally touches her face. It's weird, too. I don't know if you... I don't know if you noticed, but is am I correct that her voice changes to one that's more manly when she changes into the dragon, too? It sounded I mean, I like could, to me the voice actor check. changed. I ran a little low on time, and I didn't want to go back and confirm it, but it sounded like a male voice. That was kind of an... That's the first time I've seen something like that happen. Where they're, uh... Well, she's not talking here. Trying to. This reminds me of dragons from like Fairy Tale. I don't know. I don't think it, like, I have. I, I still they haven't gotten to the point. But I don't think, from what I can remember, I don't think it sounded non-feminine. I think what they did, and usually they'll do this with any monster, and this is just with any trick in anime. They'll distort the voice, male or female. And they'll make it sound like uh, a little bit like monstrous. They won't like make it sound like normal, unless some some unless some of the creatures they're using they need them to sound like normal. But uh, usually they'll distort their voice. Okay. But it was my uh, impression when, they, when she came on and she was the dragon. It was my impression that that was a male voice actor, and that made me wonder if if they'd uh, switch voice actors for her dragon form. I mean, they could have switched. They could have switched. Granted, another thing too is, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a male voice. It could probably have been a female using it, getting a deeper voice, because sometimes they can do that. Yeah. But uh, because if we, uh, I'll confirm that in a minute as we get further in there. Um, but they all like they have they they have they have the what? Her dragon form. You can probably hear it around fourteen twenty four. You can probably hear her speaking in the dragon form. Except that a minute, but uh. Wait, why is it? Oh, I was about to say, why isn't it going further? They literally paused and they're doing a little bio on, sp on the spot of seal quirk. But uh, we see them all like preparing, doing you know, particular positions. Sky team, C team, and then uh, Urak and Fro well, Froppy goes with Selkie because Froppy uh, he trusts Froppy. I think she yeah he helped she helped him out the, directly last time. Even though I think all she does in this episode is stay on his back and also stay behind on the on the ship where he tells her to. Um, as he goes aboard and like manhandles everybody on there. Again, though, I thought that they what they were emphasizing here was that Selkie was really confident about this. Thought that there was no danger and this was sort of a jaunt. You know what I mean? That he was trying her to get voice. A... I, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but her voice. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a switch. I think she dropped her voice. I think she dropped her the octave on her voice. But it definitely still sounds female. It just sounds deeper. Okay. So I, I could definitely see. It also could be that they chose the voice actors, and maybe they used the voice that was androgynous. It's also possible too, because it doesn't sound like it has a gender, 
But I, I could buy that maybe what they what she did there was she dropped her voice so that way it would make sense that her voice would change when she transforms. Yeah. But that's my take now. I had to look up voice actors to see if there are two on that woman, but I don't know if there are. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, I think Selkie was going easy on the heroes for the training and brought them in, wanted to give them like sort of a relax, just a break. And he brought them over, they went out to the beach, and then he brought them here, and he's like, jump on my back, you know, and, like, they go through their water adventure because Selkie felt like he had it very much in control, that these guys were small-timers and something that he had completely under, you know, on top, he wasn't completely on top of it. And they really did until the surprise of the airplane, like, everything went perfectly fine. So I think that Froppy was there to be brought along just as, like, an observer and, like, he just didn't expect anything to come up. And given the situation, Froppy did the best she could. Like, she, that was a good idea to jump up and try to get that with her tongue. But you can also see how worried Selkie was, because she lands in the water, and she's a frog. And he's like, Froppy! And she has to tell him she's fine. You know? It just felt like he was going really easy on her. Like I said, I, I'm just saying that I'm surprised that, you know, I guess they wanted to focus more on the rocket this episode. But I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. I thought they were going to... Give each one of them like some time, so maybe she didn't need to do anything this episode. I yeah. had no idea. I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I would just say I was just surprised and kind of disappointed that she didn't do anything. Um, yeah, she just didn't really have a chance. Selfie came in and just murked that guy, you know, with one punch. The other guy wasn't really an issue, and it's just this one guy in the plane that was trying to get away that seemed like it was problematic at all. The uh, like hand-to-hand -hand combat, you know what I mean? I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I'm going to fanboy all over that, but it's only going to be for like a minute or two, but I will fanboy over that. Are we talking about the escape scene yet? For, uh, the plane no, not or... yet. I'm, we're getting there. What I was saying, essentially, um, we come to the find the ship. They, uh, the, the guy does the, you know, the super smokescreen thing. Selkie is in phase because Selkie can use, ele uh, not electromagnetism, but um, echolocation. And it, it, honestly, it seems like, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, he definitely had all that. He definitely had that all, like, handled. He didn't need Froppy for any of it. I guess maybe he brought her in there just as a second backup plan in case he, in case he did. Because Froppy has some new gear on her, too, and we never got to see what it can do. Unless, unless those are goggles, but uh, she's got goggles on her head, so I'm kind of confused why those things on her neck would be goggles, but whatever. Uh... Sucky does sucky punch on this guy in there as he's about to inject himself with the uh, with the trigger. We don't know what he can do, but clearly these people have powers that are so bad that they need the drug to amplify them. Because they immediately go for them. They don't even try to fight with their normal ability. They literally go for it before they even try to attack. Yeah. Uh, the dragon girl, like, removes... dragon woman, like, removes all... Like, puts a hole in the smoke barrier cloud, and we find that there's a boat well, not a boat. We found there's a plane. Uh, one of the other guys got into the plane is now preparing to escape. Froppy sees this and tries to use her use her tongue to get it, but it seems kind of weird to me because this is seem like it seems like he was in the water and then all of a sudden the feet were up. I don't think the feet could retract that fast, can they? Uh, I don't know a lot about planes. Yeah, Froppy doesn't manage to... Uh, I mean, she, she, she misses, and she drops in the water. Selkie is like, Froppy! As Jock so eloquently put. <laughs> it was just, like, unnecessary concern, in my opinion. That's why I was thinking about how it just 
seemed like one more point that he was going easy on. This yeah. uh, scene, if I can interject for a sec, this chase scene, um, especially at the beginning, the guy, I remember the first time I watched this, it sat in my mind. The guy that's running here looked to me like Spike from uh, Cowboy Bebop. Just not enormously, but a little bit. And then after that, the scene kind of cut and stuck in my mind a little bit. And uh, I sent you a, I don't know if you had ch a chance to watch it, but I sent you a scene from episode one of Cowboy Bebop um, where there's a plane chase scene that starts over the water and then goes into space. And the um, it's a guy and his girlfriend slash wife. And they're smuggling performance-enhancing drugs. The wife's shirt is the same color as this guy's jack jacket. The guy has like a sort of passing resemblance to Spike, except his hair is brown instead of like Spike's greenish. He has the, sort of the same nose. He has sort of the same facial build, the same eyes, stuff like that. And then um, he's he's smuggling performance-enhancing drugs like the other one is, and he's running from the cops and you know Spike's bounty hunters. And Spike chases is the one that chases him down, and they have an aerial chase. And then um, they uh, they're able to take him down. But I just thought there was like for some reason I couldn't get this out of my mind that like the chase was like kind of hopeless, and it involved the performance enhancing enhancing drugs being smuggled. That the shirt was the right color. The guy both the guy passed the guy that's flying the plane also sort of has somewhat of a passing resemblance to this character, and it just felt like a be Bebop moment. And then in My Hero Academia, at the end of the scene, after he's captured, the, uh, the sky pans up to the sun, like the star, you know, which is a star up in the sky, um, in the setting sun. And I felt like, looking up at that star, like, if this was Cowboy Bebop and you saw that exact moment, it would have said, see you, Space Cowboy, at the end. And it's just like, I looked at that moment, and it just hangs on the sun for a minute there, and I just feel like, see you, space cowboy. And that's just, like, what went through my mind. And it just felt extremely like episode one of Cowboy Bebop to me. Like, a little tiny bit of an homage. I mean, I, I've, I'm i reading up on Ko Kohei Hirokoshi, which is the author of this manga. Um, yeah. none, of the, no, none of the things he self-professed as being inspirations is Cowboy Bebop. I understand that, but this one scene felt extremely. It's just too close. Like the colors match the 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 smoke. No, what I'm saying, it doesn't seem like he's even watched it. Right? He doesn't even mention it here. But don't forget, it's only episode one. I know, but mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know if he, even if he could just like on a passing copy something like that. You would have to have watched the episode to to get some of the passing bits in there. Perfect. It's just who. Who hasn't? Who's in the anime in any way and hasn't seen episode one of Cowboy Bebop? Cowboy Bebop. I haven't. I haven't even watched Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy, what? I haven't. I told you. I told you, dude. I told you, dude. Back when this anime was on tsunami, I was. I was in my whole. I'm not watching anything with Dragon Ball Z fit, and I haven't really gone back to watch some of the stuff that I missed. And it's like, I'm not saying that it's a bad anime. I just haven't had any any interest in trying to go back to watch it. Yeah, it's just so iconic. It's hard not to. But I'm aware of it. I'm fully aware of the anime. I just never watched it. Yeah, it was just so uncannily close to me. Like I, I wasn't looking for a connection like that, but it just it hit like 
it started with looking at the guy and thinking he kind of reminds me of Spike. And then I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like, episode one. And like how like a lot of the motif just felt super close. Anyway, that's all I've got for that. But like, it just felt hard to ignore for me. That the similarity there. You might not not have used anime. The fact that the guy even uses anime as a source of inspiration makes me think it's not impossible. It'd be really subtle anyway, but it just seemed not impossible. I mean, it does. He it does, that anime is in space, and he's also not. Uh, he's also used a lot of star references. It probably it would. Starts, it starts on the ground in a planet that might be Earth. I can't remember which planet it is. It might have been. It might have been Earth, and the the beginning of the fight happens over water and then they go up into the sky, in this case, all the way to space. But that moment at the end where they say mission complete and you look up at the star, like felt very see space cowboy, which is what they say at the end of every episode of cowboy bebop. And it's about the end of this episode too, that it happens. It's just, uh, there is a live action adaptation of cowboy bebop coming to Netflix. So there's that too. I don't know what to tell you, dude. It just sounded. It was very, very. Um. Is very, very close. And I say, I mean, like I said, I never watched it, so I, I can't, I cannot argue, and I would not argue against it. I saw the similarity, um, in the character, so I'm not gonna argue that there's no way. But I would, if, if him being feels like giving us weighing in on your opinion, I'd love to hear it. Um, I don't know. Not everybody here has an a- access to the comments and stuff, but Jeremy, where can they reach you for that? Because I'd really be interested in hearing what people have to say about that. It hasn't changed. Just like uh, go on Twitter and just type in the Game Hunter uh, 09 or the Game Hunter underscore. You, you'll find uh, if you really want some specific. My uh, think my what's my icon at right now? Maybe that's what I can. Twitter, Twitter, where you are. If I had to, I will make sure to remember to put a link inside like the, when this episode goes up. I'm genuinely curious. I mean, I feel like most people that are anime fans at all have seen episode one at least of Cowboy Bebop, even if they like decided they didn't like it. I feel like they would have at least watched the first episode to see what they were getting themselves into. So, yeah, I would really be curious to see if anyone else weighed in, in on that because it's to me it was like right there in my face. Uh, I it's called this the Game Hunter, but um, like right next to it specifically, I have Wakanda Forever in it, forever. Uh, that and that's promise been that way since the Black Panther movie came out. Ooh. I still have a uh, a picture on my uh on my de- laptop that de- wallpaper of everybody waving goodbye to T'Challa. It was like a fan art that I found on Twitter. That, that man worked it. so hard, so he he worked to his grave. But we're not gonna talk, we're not here talking about that guy. We're here talking about anime. But yeah, you can reach me there if you ever want to send anything, anime related or ideas, whatever. You can send it that direction. Um, as we close this, uh, we're not closing. We're not closing this episode off yet. Um, I guess to speed things up here, uh, past like after they uh, after Froppy is unable to get, catch the the plane and also the dragon lady is unable to catch up to it because the speed and the speed of an of a, of a machine is faster than her um uh, Sirius has the idea to shoot Uraraka off a harpoon as Uraraka floats up and we see the f- actual use of those gauntlets on her hand she uh 
the best way I could put it, I think she adapted what she saw Deku's new quirk do and turned it into a mechanical situation. So now she's able to grapple hook into anything as long as she, I guess is within the range of her uh, of the, of the length of her rope. She grow she goes in there and it pretty much sends the spike looking like on his backside. And I'm telling you this, I've been waiting for this moment for the longest time. Every time they've had a rocket almost do gunhead martial arts, it always seems the person got out of it. And I've been upset because it's like. Araka needs to be touching people and making them weightless. She doesn't need to overpower them because she like she can make them weightless. <laughs> so right. the, to see her do that for the first time and be successful, I'm very happy about that. It's about time because she learned that she learned that like how many seasons ago? I forgot how many seasons ago she just she was learning gunhand martial arts. I know it was during the first internship she had, but um. I'm just glad to see that it, it's been useful. And now, she, as the plane is uh, c- uh, crashing down, Farapi is telling her to jump out of the sh- uh, out of the plane. But Oraka's thinking that the, the 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 chemicals on the plane would affect the ecosystem, which I didn't think about that. So that's actually interesting that she was thinking that far ahead, and she didn't want she wanted to make sure that the, the chemicals on the on the plane did not uh, go into the water. But essentially, uh, she gets she is told to make the plane weightless, but she said it's too heavy; she can't do it. Uh, but, um, first, the, Ryu, I don't want to keep calling Ryukun, like, Ryukun? Hold on, I'm looking this lady's name up so I can actually have it down into my head. Ryuku. Ryuku. I have some, that's another person I know whose name is kind of close to that, actually. <laughs> uh, Ryuku, she, uh, Ryuku tells her to make the plane weightless, or because she can't do it because it's too heavy, because we know there's a, there's a weight limit to how, um, what she can make weightless. So you get some help in, um, keeping the plane, I guess, steady. And then she just makes the entire plane weightless enough to have it float down slowly and essentially gets it planted into the water. They effectively have saved the ecosystem and also kept all the uh, the chemicals um, they kept all the chemicals from being um, broken and sent into the water, which is, I guess, like it was, a, it was a small mission. I guess the whole point of it was to make sure the chemicals didn't leave, the, 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 leave Japan. Because they were he- heading outside of Japan, and they were heading to a place called Othero. I think that's how they pronounced it. And it was a country in Europe. I think that's the first time we actually had a mention of uh, of another country being involved in any, any illegal uh, criminal trade in the show yet. I, was, I guess it also shows there's other heroes elsewhere, too. I mean, we kind of already had that assumption there were other heroes everywhere. I will have to say that whole star in the in the sky thing. I was wondering what that was about. I'm almost certain that maybe it was a Cowboy Bebop reference. It does seem kind of weird that there's a star in the sky shining brightly because I always thought that was weird. I was like, what was the point of that? That's what I meant. Like, see you, Space Cowboy. I'm telling you. I guess it would have to be. There's no other way to, like... It's a really the episodic it, format because they have the they have the climax where they catch the criminal, and then they have a little bit of a sort of almost slice of life wind down sequence in the episode, and then they say "see you, space cowboy." It even follows like the same basic concept. Like it's just so there. Like I really think that that was what was going on. You can say that like he didn't list it as one as one of his influences, but we see so many influences in the artwork of this everywhere that it's it's really hard to completely write off that whatever he listed as his influences that day were his there's just way too many 
I, I guess as we end this episode off here, I want to bring up that um, when I, I never talked about this entire episode because he kept on doing it, but I was just kind of waiting to the point where we could talk about this. Uh, Sucky has always done this thing where he's tried to be cute, and like we found that Froppy finds it adorable, and also we found that the the uh, Nejiro, the guy with the woman with the uh, twirling abilities, but uh, we have the confirmation at the end of the episode that uh, someone tells him, like you know that's not cute, right? He's like, I'm beginning to realize, and then he cut it off from there. <laughs> He's just like, oh, you know, I've, no big deal. They're having a good day. I'm having a good day. It doesn't matter that it's not cute. Where do you think these, um, where do you think these quirks happen? In the, like, what happened to make these quirks happen? In the universe that they talk about, people just sort of started getting them at one point. And now we're well, I mean, they said that according, to, at least according to, because uh, they haven't recapped that forever now, but uh, according to what Deku said at the very beginning in an intro, that uh, there was one quirk that was, a baby was born, one baby was randomly born one day with the ability to emit light. And then from there on, the other ki- kids started like... Um, right, but that kid didn't seem to be the cause of quirks, he just seemed to be the first reported one. I'm super I mean, curious if they're ever going to, like, dive into, like, now that we're starting to dive into the nature of quirks themselves, and they're giving us, like, like, this episode, we had some very highly specifically themed quirks. We had a dragon lady, we had a seal man, we had a frog person. Like, we have some very, like, advanced level quirks to the point where they show a cat in one scene, and I was like, just in the opening, like, credits? And I was like, is that cat, uh, you know what I mean? And the fact that it wasn't just limited to humans, it wasn't just, like, a genetic thing. Like, animals started getting quirks, too, and stuff like that. It started making me wonder, like, um, if we're going to get to find out where quirks come from in the first place. I don't think we are. I mean, I don't think it really matters where quirks came from because they just started spawning one day. It'd be really hard to... Because basically what you're asking for is you, you're asking for a blowout reason for what's going to happen. And, we're, and like whatever reason that we were given, if, they, if he decides to ex- explore that, it's not going to be a reason that's going to make everybody excited. Except we, we know that they have these nomus and that they have tons of quirks. And we don't know how, how do you make nomus if... Um, all for one is in jail and they don't have his ability to transfer quirks from one person to another. These nomos are probably already already made. I mean, no, like that's that's really what it comes down to. They, they were already made. made. They could be already made. Or it's possible that all for one wasn't in there working in that factory in the first place and we just think that that's what's going on because he was there when they got there. But we know that he was like laying a trap for them anyway, so it's debatable whether or not he was in there making nomos anyway he kind of had to be he's the only one that can make that can move a quirk from a body to another body there's no other quirks that can do that that we know of but if they found also found in the in in the same way that they found a way to amplify quirks if they figured out how quirks are created or a way to create quirks then they could be drugging these things up to give them like crazy amounts of quirks too and creating numbers that way as opposed to just stealing them from one person and giving them to another I don't know, cause that just seems really weird. Cause like then, we'll, we'll, how how are we having people? I know this percentage is small, but the percentage is still big enough that like the people who don't have quirks, you think 
they've already discovered this a long time ago. It wouldn't have been something like... Nobody's yeah. trying to find this out except possibly the villains. The villains are the ones in the series that we know for a fact have been doing researches on how to, how to hack quirks. We know that they've been making gnomas. We know that they've been making amplifiers. We know that they've been that they've got someone that can switch one quirk from and put one person to another. They know that they've got at least two ways to make amplifiers because we have this drug and we have the other drug. And so we know that they've been doing a lot of research about this. Maybe they also know how to make quirks happen so that they can create nomus or enhance people and stuff like that. We know that, like, for example, Deku, like we know, is capable of having more than quirk, one quirk at a time as, a, as along with other examples of the one for all people where they've had the one um, one for all quirk plus their own quirk. So we know a person can have more one more quirk and we know that we have this big race of creatures that had tons of quirks and we have, don't have any reports of anybody except in the fight against um, <clears throat> all for one stealing quirks, quirks. It's not like there's a lot of reports of civilians that have lost their quirks or other heroes that have lost their quirks or anything like that. So we're just kind of assuming, because we have this convenient explanation, that All for One um, was doing it, but we don't need necessarily know that for sure. He could be creating them through chemicals or through some other research or whatever, because somebody got quirks at some point in the past out of nowhere, so something causes them. We know that it's in animals and not just people, and we also know that at least one animal was the subject of lots of experimentation, because that's the precedent of Please. Yeah, but he didn't have a quirk. He was given quirks. That was his story. He was, he was, uh, that's what I was saying. I don't know if animals actually have the ability to get these things because they're not sentient. Okay, but if they can't, animals are sentient. But if you can give an animal a quirk, then why can't you give more quirks to a human being that already has a quirk? They, uh, they, they said the, the normals is, is, is the reasoning because, like, a human, the human body, for the reason, can't handle it. But great. Well, I mean, we know that they can handle at least more than one, because all for one can take on more quirks, and Deku can have like. I think that's just the designation. That that's just like the, that's just the, the nature of his quirk. And Deku, uh, doesn't have a quirk, but the quirk that he was given just manifests other quirks. I mean, I know you're talking about, but like, this is the nature of this. The quirks that allow them to do it. It's not something that humans have the natural ability to do. Previous people with Deku's quirk had their quirk plus Deku's quirk. Like the Black Rip guy, he had two quirks. I think that was just the nature of, of storing energy. Because all that, from what I can tell, at least from the way he described it, at least that one dude, we don't know what, what happened to the other people. But from the way the guy described it, it sounded like all it did was amplify his ability. It wasn't like he was using a different ability along with Black Whip. That could be wrong with that because he didn't. He he wasn't there long enough to describe anything. He was there for a split second and then immediately had to go away because apparently Deku wasn't able to hold him there for whatever reason to ask I him any questions. Right now, we know that we have villains experimenting with quirks and making some progress on amplifying and removing quirks. We know that we have these mutant monsters that they've experimented with, that they turned into mindless hulks that can do their bidding, like, mindlessly, no matter what, that were originally, like, low-level criminals and things like that. We know that we don't have any definitive place where those quirks came from. We have someone with the means to do it, but we don't have any stories of, like, 50 people losing their quirks or anything like that to justify what's going on. We know that 
there was an animal experimented on, at least at one point, that got a very powerful intelligence quirk, and that there are other animals out there with quirks as well as the humans that spontaneously and so far inexplicably gain quirks out of nowhere so that most people have them now. So it's very possible that they can create quirks where there aren't quirks. And if that just means that they overload them and they're Nomu, and that's all there is to it, then fine. They get some mindless soldiers that are super powerful and have their purpose in the army. If they can give people more, if people can handle a certain number of quirks before they get overloaded, that's a number more than one, then they could be giving people additional quirks at some point. And maybe it's two, three, five, whatever quirks that you get before you get like too many and you get overloaded. Or maybe it varies depending on the person. So some of them become no moves and other people become really powerful because they have the ability to handle it. We don't know. But this is all definitely within the realm of possibility in this universe. I'm not saying it's a definite, but it's something that I'm interested in. I get what you're saying, but there's a problem. There's, there's a problem that I have with it story-wise, and it's like if this, if, this, if there was a way to to make these things, that's what I say. I mean, right now a lot of this, my problem is is with that doctor that told Deku that he didn't have a quirk because he was missing a an extra appendage in his pinky toe. That didn't make any dang sense to me, because like, I don't understand how that how a body part like that, unless there's a body part that is spontaneously made from birth, but um. Uh, I and I do know, like I mean, there has to be a reason for why people have got abilities. But at the same time, like my my issue entirely with it all is the problem I had with certain animes that kind of built up some mystery. Um, yeah. A perfect example of this is uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, the original Yu-Gi-Oh with Yami Yugi in it and everything like that. One of the bigger story, and that was the card anime, but the story was interesting enough to the point that it had me hooked. But one of the major last big story things that they had built up throughout the course of the show um, was the main character's name. The guy was a nameless pharaoh from a, from a time when he was like a, from a time back in Egypt when he was alive. And he had been habit, he, his spirit was inside of a pyramid that a little boy had picked up that, uh, that he was able to inhabit. He was able to switch bodies with him to be able to uh, walk around the earth on his own two feet. One of the things was that he didn't know his name and that was going to be the way they were going to end the series they were going to give him his name. To me, his name was definitely not worth the wait. To, to me, I didn't enjoy the wait for... I don't know what I was expecting, and maybe it was my fault for being all that interested in wanting to find his name out and me getting disappointed. I will full-heartedly take that responsibility. But at the same time, they kind of hyped it up too much. For me, the idea of finding out where the quirk came from would be... If, if like, they would have to... For me, it, it's going in two ways. The the, the the finding out how it happened is a, is amazing and mind breaking and earth shattering, or two it's very disappointing. So just so so disappointing the fact that I'm not gonna want to care about it and I'm probably gonna lose interest. Yeah. Are, these are these are two sides of the of the same coin. This is a 50-50 shot, and I really don't want to dive into that kind of situation because I'm pretty sure if he does have an idea where this quirk came from, it's probably not this big earth shattering revelation. As far as some mystical thing that happened one day for no reason other than that it happened. It could be. If somebody knows how to create quirks, it's probably not the good guys. So the fact that the doctor doesn't... I mean, if you're if you're arguing that, like, that doesn't make sense because extra toe... I mean, if you've ever seen a Nomu, like, I guarantee you they didn't look like a Nomu before they had all this stuff happen to them. 
like obviously no, what I'm saying is that he says that there was like I remember I remember this line specifically because it really rubbed me the wrong way um it, it was the fact that he said he had a Zambendeku and this is like his third or fourth or fifth time that he'd been to his doctor and you could tell because the doctor's been seeing this kid a lot he says that there is a there was a bone in the pinky toe that he was missing Right. That apparently all the other kids apparently had that apparently made it so that he had a he, he had it. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any dang sense. That's what I'm saying. This whole like, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's intriguing to figure out where the quirks came from. I'm not even gonna lie about that. But I feel like like that explanation I got is like is what I'm expecting is the equivalent. It's gonna be something so disappointing that I'm not gonna agree with it. And it's gonna make me lose interest, and I don't want to run down that road. I feel like it could just be something like um, All for One created quirks in the first place. I mean, that'd probably be something I'd buy and it would make lose interest, but I, I don't know. Like, uh, It just seems kind of weird. I mean, I would, I mean, considering if we don't know how old that man is anyway, from the way he talks, it's not like he's been on, the, he's been on Earth for past the millennia. I mean, he's been there for all of the generations of um, all for one because he's been there since the original all for one person so he's been there for quite some time he's been there probably since back in the day so it's very possible he's the one that created quirks in the first place I mean it, it is possible I guess speaking of bad guys um, we, uh, we go past the ending credits because there's this little scene here and uh I'm guessing this is over there in Europe. I really don't know. Like based on the image, it looks like it might be in Europe because this is some. There is some serious architecture going on here that doesn't look like it came from Japan. Like, there is like a painting over there in the centerpiece. There's a lot of books to the side. There's like just columns in the middle. It, like, it's very uh. This isn't some of the kind of art, uh, building you would see in Japan. I could be wrong, but I would say it, it, it could definitely pass for European. Um, and you see this guy, apparently because the heroes got involved and in, like, but it doesn't matter. They got all like the, whatever reason they had, they had enough of like the, the trigger to do what they need to do, whatever that means. Um, because the next thing they're, they're starting, they're getting ready to, to attack. Otheon, I did look up the word Otheon, which is where they were going. It's not a real city. Um, it's in the Shadow Hearts universe for some reason, but it was also, um, it's also a first name and a last name. And it seemed like the name was English. So I'm not sure um, where it is, but I, I think you're right. I think it was like European. Well, over this guy, we don't see his eyes, but he's like, he's got blue skin. He's like a smurf. He's got these reflective earpieces in his, uh, on, his, on his ear, where, you know, you put earrings and his mustache is like, it's a very ornate. Like, it's like zigzag and it goes up to the side of his face. Yeah, Otheon's a German name, and it means rich. But it's Old High German, which means it's an old name that's, that is from... Um, oh, Lord, are we doing Nazis? No, they're from, like, the Holy Roman Empire. And stuff like oh. that. Like, it's a really old name, but it is definitely European, so you're right. I'm guessing that if they're referencing it, and they wanted to give it, like, a, a European name, and it's like it's European, then it's probably in Europe. Oh dear. That's... Um, Otheon is also similar to Otto, according to this, but I don't know if that's true or not. Fun. 
whatever's going on, they're ready to attack whatever this is. Honestly, I thought they were. I thought they weren't gonna. I guess maybe this this might not be the uh, this might not be the riot they're anticipating. I'm guessing if he's ready to attack now. Yeah. Are you talking about the um the shadow elf? The heck was that? That was Funimation. I when I mute the tab that Funimation's in, it um. It doesn't mute the video, and if I mute this video separately, but I refresh the screen, it starts playing it again. Oh, sorry. That was what I was going to say before that happened. I was like, I hate that you're, I hate that you're right. It's totally a shadow elf. I didn't even make the connection. Who is he talking to? Too is he talking to that glowing thing in his room? Because there's nobody else in the room. But that glowing thing—it doesn't look like a person. It looks like a pedestal, but it seems like he's talking to it, which makes no sense to me. I don't think he's talking to. It. I think he's talking to himself. I see the heroes buttered in, huh? What would you like? What to would do? you like to do? Everything is fine. Wait, something. Somebody responded to him. Everything is fine. It maybe this thing is like some type of like crystal ball and it has communication attached to it, something like that. That's possible. Like holy symbol or something. Yeah, it could be some sort of communication thing. It's just really weird. Cause he's up there on the. He's he's up there on the. Unless that's him. Yeah, that's his blue face. Yeah, I think that's him. The like he he's probably he's he's got some type of high status because he's he's like up high on a balcony. He isn't like ground level. Like the where he is 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 stating his uh his uh status in whatever hierarchy he's a part of. Is it just me, or does the sim or this uh, big framed thing in the background over his head look like some sort of menorah? You only get a little like teaser piece of it. Um, the brown like framed thing up at the very top. I don't know. I can't tell what it looks like, honestly. If I'm being honest, it I don't. I don't see enough of it to to get any real menorah. It had. Well, I mean, the the thing looks a little bit church like, and a menorah has nine candles, right? And one the one in the middle is the biggest one. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, it's on Funimation. I'm at twenty three eighteen, and I have to still it to really get a good look at it. But, Jeremy, I'll send it to you in Discord. Um, if you look at this, and you look at the top there, and then you look at a menorah, it looks extremely similar to me. And given that this auto is a Christian name, and so it's, it has, like, a little bit of a Christian, like, meaning to it, and that looks a little bit like a menorah, and that looks a little bit like a church just in general. And it's just sort of interesting. And the thing at the bottom looks vaguely like a whole rail. And it was just really interesting to me that they did that sort of like mixed Christian Jewish sim- symbol- symbolism, lightly hinted at. I can't say it definitely, but it just feels like a church. It feels like the Holy Grail that, that's glowing in the bottom, and it feels like a. Man- I mean, I guess I can't really say for certain. Wait, one. That's eight. That's that's eight candles. Nine of it. I mean, I can't say for certain. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say for either for certain. Can be seven candles, but they can also be nine. So it's it's. Um, it really depends on the menorah, but they can they can certainly be nine, I believe. Yeah, I see one with nine right here, and the nine one actually lines up. I'll show you a picture of it. The nine candle menorah actually lines up better, with what we're talking about anyway. Um, so it's, it just felt like a menorah. I don't know if that's really what they're hinting at or not, but it just feels like a menorah.
menorahs have a lot of decoration styles, so it wouldn't have to follow anything specific. I'm not gonna wait for. I'm not gonna really say either or. It could be, but I, I want to see more of that. I want. I want to see more of that picture for us say either or, of what I believe it looks like. Because <laughs> there's more in that photo than just like the, on the sides too. There's something going on on the sides. Yeah, I agree. But also look up a holy grail. See what see what I mean with that too. It's it has a sort of holy grail feeling. That glowing thing on the bottom. If it was glowing like real heavy, it it doesn't look unlike a holy grail. And the Holy Grail is also something that has sort of liquid appearance to it. So, and it's also, Holy Grails are often seen as glowing from their own inter, inner light. So I thought that was interesting too. I mean, there would be, have to be something in the Holy Grail for it to have a cap like that. Except sometimes Grails have like a lid on them too. Like uh, the one that I'm going to show you in this picture. So it could easily, that that thing on the top could still easily be justified as some sort of lid on top of the Holy Grail. Because some of them, sometimes the Holy Grail is depicted with a lid. But if it's, if it's, that's what's going on, then he, this guy is either speaking to a God or under the impression that he's speaking to a God, or he treats something that's not a God like a God. I mean, it's possible. I mean, he could just be like I mean, this, this entire world has quirks. So there are uh, parts of like the world that we don't know of. Yeah. Um, we know there are U.S. We know there are U.S. Uh, AA heroes because uh, All Might interned over in the USA at some point when when he was younger. Um, yeah. I I suspect there are African heroes. Uh. Based on we were over here, and they bring up someplace over there in Europe, they're definitely European heroes. Right. I mean, of course, our everywhere's. I mean, yeah, it's possible that maybe something has a quirk that that uh, somebody has a quirk, and they treat that person like a god. It wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first, and it wouldn't be the last. But um, I guess with that, that's the end of the episode. We don't know what's going on here. I mean, they're setting up for like what's going to be apparently an uh, an episode where uh, Deku, Bakugo, and Todoroki are going to be uh, Shoto going to be uh, staying over at Shoto's house, and the title of the episode a uh, the a visit from hell or something like that or Hellish preview. Wait, what was the name of it? I forgot the name of it. Shoot, the Hellish Todoroki family. So uh, we got a chance to see Deku interact with the the other children of the um the Toroki family, but uh, I guess other than that, we'll be talking about that next time. But um I guess real quick here, this is getting kinda late for me. Uh and probably late for you too. Um we're just gonna touch on some stuff from the Shaman King episodes, episodes nine and episodes ten. So the first episode is essentially uh as we're moving over to that, the uh the fight between Yo and um Ren. And episode nine is literally just that the, the entire episode is, is just them fighting, and um, I wrote down quite a bit, specifically surrounding episode 9, and um, there's some interesting stuff mentioned here, specifically about Silva. We see we actually get some name drops from a couple of people from the Patch Tribe, which is where they are from. We, I mean, I knew they were, like I guess, Native American-ish. Um, I'm not sure which tribe they're actually based off of, because I know they had to be based on some tribe. 
But um, panda, so I feel like, and there's a dragon on the woman's body, on the woman's outfit, so it doesn't feel very Native American at all. But Native America is not the only place where there are tribes. Well, Native, Americans don't, Native Americans is the only tribe I can think of. Cause I don't know what other tribe. Well, I don't know what tribes exist over there in Japan, which is probably could, based can on they what they're. Can mm-hmm. it just be feudal Japan? Or actually, aren't these guys Chinese? No. Why not? They don't. They don't look like they have any like uh, symbolism towards China. China, and they what wouldn't. And like that seems like it'd be like they they would have some bias towards Ren, which none of them do. Um, the giant panda is Chinese. It's native to China, so there's one. Dragons are extremely significant in both Chinese, Chinese and Japanese, but the giant panda is is known as the panda bears that bear native to South Central China. I'm pretty sure that this whole household is Chinese, the, and the then. Panda? Um, are you talking about are you talking about Tao Ren or are you talking about the Patch Tribe? I'm talking about Ren. No, I know he's from. I w- uh, I'm talking about Ren and his tribe. That's not his tribe. That's a family. That's like a. Uh, I forgot the actual like. What's his name I'm looking for? And I can't think of it. Probably more like a dynasty in in uh, China that was um, ousted in ancient times because dynastic periods in China like. Caused families to like dynasties. I, I wasn't take... really referring to those guys. I was actually talking about the other guys, the Aren't the the, the, fish, the, the official the the officials that are initi- the officiating. Oh, the, the... Oh, 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 I wasn't yeah. I wasn't talking about I wasn't talking about Ren. I'm sorry. Yes, at least one of those officials is Native American. I don't know if they all are. They all appear yeah. to have the same facial features. I would assume that they all are Native American. Can you give me a, a second? A time signature second that I can jump to so I can see for myself. And I'm like right right now waiting and just like I feel like they all kind of have the. Also, we got some name drops such as like Silva, Kalim, Krom, the guy that died. Well, the Krom, the guy that Ren killed. Yeah. We also the other woman I forgot her name was it Golden Goldva? Was it what they called her? Like uh, I guess what is this? Two forty nine. Like very early on. Like they're on the they're like on the outside relaxing. Like I mean, they look they look different. They look different enough, but they seem to have this. They almost seem to have the same face. It's like disturbing, actually. The only thing that's different is like one looks like he's been through a lot. The other one looks like he's fresh. Yeah. Yeah, they could both easily be Native American. Those two, or the guy on the right could be Japanese or or whatever. But they. They feel Native American for sure. At least they look something called the Patch Tribe because I need to see something. Oh, they're all Native American. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Okay, so I wasn't I wasn't being offensive there. I was like I was kind of kind of concerned. No, you're fine. I yeah, because the old woman looks like she's got feathers on and looks like a medicine. Stuff like that too. Yeah. But yeah, we see that we see them here. Apparently, Silva also gets uh, promoted to being, the, I guess, the head official. I guess I put that in quotation marks because I don't know 
exactly what his new job is. They, I guess they were, they were more concerned about his uh, that Jock brought us up last time. We we're talking about Shaman King that he seemed to have some favoritism towards Yo, and they actually recognized that. And yeah. I guess as as a way to, oh wait, I didn't see that. He's he's Tauren's official now. Oh, they they gave Silva to they gave Silva to Tauren. That's why he's there. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> but who's who, who's Yo's? Uh, did they move him from there, or is he just is he the official of two people? I'm not sure. Well, I'm looking like right now as he's talking to him. I don't. I've seen the way you favor this, a secure yo. He's an interesting participant, but you gotta be impartial. Maybe he's just gonna be an official for two. Yeah, I guess he's just gonna be an official for two then. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, he's talking about like showing respect for Ren, uh, showing respect for his friend uh, being Ren's official. So I guess he's an he's an official for two. So I guess he that's I mean, granted, with how this, how this fight ended, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. But uh, essentially, we cut to from all that to um, Yo relaxing on the park bench with uh, Amita Mark. He was just so mad that he's not getting angry. He trains a lot too, you know. Did you know that Ren drinks three gra glasses of milk every day? I mean, he's got to get taller somehow. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we cut away from them again, apparently, because now we're we're, we're now we're, we're we're now with Tom, Tomo, Tomao, and um, Anna. As we as we, I guess we're getting their thoughts on what how she feels about uh, um uh, feels about uh Yo, and essentially uh, Ren comes riding on a horse. That's the end of the episode. Thank. You. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, seriously. Like, he comes riding on a horse, and as he is, like, I, I hate... I watched this episode, and I couldn't stop getting Vegeta and Goku out of my head. Oh, yeah, entirely. There's no way that that is not Vegeta and Goku. It's Vegeta being really upset that Goku has an inexplicable power boost after spending time in the spirit of time. Uh, but yeah, it's like they they had this fight. They 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 end up talking, and uh, uh, Ren's like, "I I'm gonna beat you in one move. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat me." And uh, the smack talk, you mean? Yeah, this the the smack talk. talk I, uh, Ren even brings up an Oversoul, his golden Oversoul, which he keeps on bringing up golden this entire fight. Actually, it's actually really uh really all the tags have golden and Bastion in its name. Well, because he's trying to brag about how he's a super saiyan. Can someone pull a cane in and yank Jock off the stage, please? He's having too much fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you're right. That has nothing. So can I talk about this golden slash chance for a second? Which one? The first, the third, or the last? No, no, no. The move. The golden slash dash, the move. So I looked up the uh, Japanese for it online, and it's called uh, Chukuzenai, 
I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but that's basically it. And I looked it up because this there's a huge what I was trying to get at earlier is there's huge tension in this series about like China versus Japan because China and, China and Japan have had a grudge against each other at least on my history isn't great, but at least since World War II when they fought each other, at least since then, China and Japan have had a big rivalry with each other. And here's Japan doing a um, a series with Chinese and Japanese people, and probably in Japan this is be racist. Because you have um, you have all of the overseers having a bias towards the Japanese guy, and then the Chinese guy comes over here, and he's using his chuka zenmai or whatever. Like, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. But I looked up Chukas in mind because I was like, like I was like, that sounds like something with some historical significance, given how much mythology I found in this already. It turns out that it's a brand of instant ramen. So I linked it to you in, in uh, Amazon, Moyoko Chukas in my Hayashi Chuka instant cold noodles. It's basically ramen. So his attack. If you Google it, connects with ramen. I mean, that's a lot of things in anime around this time. A lot of attacks were just done for the irony and also to be laughing. If you got, if you, if you knew any context behind it, yeah, I didn't I know thought... that apparently that's what it was instant ramen. That's actually kind of funny. But, I think um... it's actually really funny that, like, like I said, when I looked it up and I found out that you know, after this guy comes out and he's bragging about drinking three glasses of milk every day. And then he launches right into his like his ramen attack. I thought it was kind of funny. You know, the notes I actually got to have on here, I guess they speed this up a little bit more here. Uh, Basson and Aminamara clash. We see that uh, amongst all the Golden Oversoul talk, we see a new attack as it's called the Golden Chinese Slash Dance. It uh -huh. looks like a spear with a block and spikes on it. I really don't understand the design choice there, but it's just Basson oversold into it. It's actually uh -huh. kind of interesting because the, the oversoul on his spear looks completely different versus the oversoul on uh, Yo's sword. There's some serious differences there. Um, Yo reveals his new oversoul. Ren notices that. The, uh, we find out as, as Ren is about to attack Yo from behind, we see we actually find out that apparently Yo and Amiramaru share a sight. So he doesn't have to turn around to block an attack from behind, which is actually really cool. It shows how much more they bonded with each other. We see another new attack called Shockwave Buddha Hungary. I think I pronounced that right. Okay. I probably didn't. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably offended somebody. I am apologizing right now. <laughs> um, the attack does nothing to uh, to Ren, and essentially Ren announces another attack called the Pass On Golden Punch. Um, I'm probably going to accumulate that to just like Falcon Punch at this point uh, Yo actually managed to survive the attack by uh, releasing his Oversoul to cushion the attack we actually see some numbers here um, in terms of power levels uh, I had to write these down because there was, I think these are kind of important but uh, Yo's Fuyaku uh, at this point of this fight is at uh, this point in the episode is 20, uh, 240 out of 270. Um, I don't know how re relevant any of that is really, but they give a number to how much Furiyaku they actually have. We also you know find out some. We also find out something. 
Huh? You know homework I did not do? In the previous fight, they checked their power levels too, remember? I would love to know, and I wish I'd, I'd thought to check for this, but I'd love to know what the power level right now that they're reading is compared to the power level from the previous fight before his training to see how much he improved, because they were watching his power, both, both persons' power levels on that little scatter thing in that episode, too. Maybe that's something we could do the next time we talk about Shaman King, if we remember. Um, yeah, that would be really cool to do. We, and then Ryu, Rin's Fuyaku, which is BS, apparently, even though he's using his Fuyaku, he's, he hasn't used any of it. His max is two, 350. <laughs> I, I, I wrote down that, um, that maybe it's because he has more experience with fighting than Yo does, maybe? That's what it comes down to. I put that in question marks because I wasn't sure how true that is. Um, we also find out that apparently Ren's using a lot more of a powerful Oversoul than than Yo is, and Yo confirms that you know he probably could beat his Oversoul by putting more of his energy into into Imidamaro and making and making him bigger. But he brings up the fact that the last time he was using his energy without thinking, he put himself in danger, and he also said that it wasn't like him to I guess lose his cool, you know, and calm. So he was learning. He 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 learned to not to to think before I guess uh, attacking. Be himself. Yeah, be himself. Essentially, what he says, be himself. Uh, which is really funny because he keeps on being himself the entire fight, mentioning that this seems kind of hard. You know, this seems like a lot of energy to put into um to doing that. It kind of pisses Ren off, which then again, what doesn't piss him off? It pisses him um, off because they mention in this that he's not really being himself. He was pressured into this kind of role. He's a conflict soul that they even say something like along lines like he's forced to be someone that he's not in his entire life. Like doing the shaman thing and having this on him. When the uh, person was speaking for him in the episode, she asked him free. And then the guy like that was like the must like the big nose villain in the shadows guy that like smushed the baby panda head like said, no, I'm not letting him. But she was asking him to set him free. Like she said that because he's sort of like. I, w- I want to say, I, I want to say, um, we need some rest in peace emojis for that uh, dead baby panda. That panda didn't deserve that. That panda had a bad day. Didn't a bad that- day? Charlie what a bad life. He had his head smashed. That guy went full Dr. Claw on that thing. Pretty well. Oh dear. We need some rest in peace. We need some, we need some silence for that baby panda because that panda did not, did not deserve that. Um. But um, as for the, continuing the concept of these new attacks, we see Yo has a new attack called a Miramaro Halo Blade. I had to write that down because I remember seeing that. Actually, before that move, um, we also see that Ren released a new attack. There's a, there's a lot of new attacks in this episode that I had to write them down. But um, uh, Bad Song, Golden Double Sledgehammer. But uh, at this point, Yo has overtaken the fight, and he uses the Halo Blade that I mentioned before. We see a flashback to Ren's childhood, and there's a lot of dead people around him. And a line that I caught, that I wrote down, was, uh, Ask, why are you so rotten? Um, I don't know who that was towards. It almost seemed like it was something he was asking himself, maybe, or asking somebody that was on the ground who was already dead. Like, he was probably around a lot of dead people when he was younger. Uh, feeding it a hole, he wasn't able to be himself type of situation uh, growing up. Uh, he pretty much gains a new form for Basson, and I wrote this down because this is a mouthful. Uh, Basson Maximum Oversoul Black Peach. 
he is wielding two souls. The soul is of a dead horse that Bastion used to ride when he was alive. Uh, that was interesting. But once this happens, we we cut to another scene someplace else in the in the battlefield where we see the other shamans that Yoas fought. Um, we see Faust. We see Horror Horror in there as well. Um, we see Horror Horror complaining that he's wielding two he's wielding two ghosts. That's not fair. Faust brings up the fact that. The more uh, the more ghosts that you will, the more four cores you you um you use up. It seemed like he was rooting for uh Yo there, but in reality he was just wanted them both to die. He actually states this. And at this point we wanna uh I wanna I wrote this down too because we get a number for each of their energy levels by this point in the in the fight. And I count. Yo is at ninety out of his two hundred and seventy <laughs> energy level. And Ren is at 150 of his 350. Um, He's going to have to do him a compost of Poe or a spirit bomb at that point. Did no one get that cane? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I know that. I didn't write this down because I just didn't think it was necessary. Ren gets out of his shirt. Before he decides to possess two ghosts, so I don't. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those. It, it was just by this point in the anime that I realized I was probably watching a little bit Dragon Ball Z, and I wasn't happy about that. Um, because it was fusion. <sighs> How many times do I gotta say get the cane? <laughs> <laughs> Um, honestly, I thought that that was sort of cool symbolism. Like, it was better writing than it, than the moment it required. The whole idea here is that Yo is of one mind, and Ren is of two minds right now. Ren is trying to do something that's against his better nature, and Yo is remaining pure and being himself and being unconflicted, where Ren is conflicted. So Ren is trying to amplify his conflict on Yo, and he's brought in, like... He's brought in um, another, like, creature, and he's fusing two things together, and he's of two minds, and the creature is fused as of two minds, and he's as powerful as two Rens. I'm sorry, he's as powerful as two Yos, because 70 and 150 is about double. And he's coming at him with everything he's got, but he's of two minds, and that makes Yo more valuable. And then they talk about, like, the duality of this is, like, all over the place. They talk about, um, <clears throat> excuse me the yin and yang of the two of them and things like that too. It was just like one more step in that like story of them being two different things here. And I thought that was really interesting. Well, I want to bring up too, I guess what we're talking about, like the things that make Ren and Yo kind of similar. Um, when Ren is actually first introduced, mm-hmm. I think this actually happens on the second episode after we see, we get introduced to Yo. Um, Ren is actually in the same graveyard that Yo was in looking up at the sky, saying how everything is beautiful and stuff like that. He he actually admired the sky as much as Yo did. And he, right. he even he even goes out of his own way to give Manta a message for Yo. He could have killed him, but he didn't. But he, gave, he went out of his way to give a message to Manta to give to Yo. So well, I guess in a really, in a really weird as, way. Hmm? As much as Yin and Yang are seen as opposites, each has a dot of color from the other. You know, they're not, they're opposite forces, but they're not completely unlike each other. They each have a little bit of each other.
Yeah, I can see that. Uh, they also bring up that Rin's reason for being Shaman King. I wrote down underneath all that, though Rin's sister's trying to save him. Uh, uh, we, we learned that apparently the Tao family are a bunch of murderers that justify killing in the name of uh, restor restoration for their family name. For okay. Sounds like uh, his son woke up. We'll be ending this fairly soon. Uh, uh, Rin is a trouble boy with nothing, but Yo is the complete opposite, as we already kind of brought up. Uh, let's see here. Not much. Is, not much else is written down here. I will say on my end, we have a new attack called the perfect reenactment of the Chinese slash dance. I tried looking that up because I wasn't sure if there was anything important, but I couldn't find anything. I had to print that back. Oh, jeez. One last note here. Sorry, I'm back. They talk oh. about Ren being like, and I want to bring this up now, and then I'll, I'll revisit the concept when we hit ten. But they talk about um, Ren being like wind and water. And the first thing I thought of was uh, the very, very famous, probably his one of his two or three most famous statements, Bruce Lee, when he talks about being like water and how water can take any shape and it can crash and it can flow and it can go with you. And, you know, it can fill any container. It can, it can do it, like the versatility of it, but the ability of it to crash as well. Um, so I'm going to say that much for now, but please keep in mind that as he's talking about Yo being like water, wind and water, and being really pure, and him not being able to take that on, and Yo being able to defend himself, but also to crash and go on the offensive, which is what it ultimately takes, Ren, there's going to be some significance in episode 10 that I found for that line that goes on that, that somebody in Japan or China might understand, but not necessarily us as American viewers. So I want to touch back on that, but this is the right time to go through the entire thing. But I wanted to make a note of that, that at the end of the fight, he said he's... Uh, okay, I don't know if Discord cut him off or something, but uh, maybe he disappeared, but um, we did we the end of the episode here. I want to bring up that uh, after he uses the perfect reenactment of the Chinese sword dance, sword slash dance, um, Ren is actually ends up losing because he uses up all his furikoro. But the funny thing is that at this point, Ren is actually cool with it. Oh, uh, up to this point, we saw Ren uh, ang angry and trying his best to beat Yo, but in reality, he can't beat him. Ren brings up the fact that he knew this from the very beginning of the fight, which is actually quite interesting. Most characters like him don't typically admit that they knew they were going to lose from the very beginning, but they were going to try to beat him anyway. Um, we see that Ren is evolving as a character here, because he starts slowly uh, changing, which we're starting to see here uh, at the end of the fight. Uh, but we also find out that Yo has lost his Furikura 2, and it results in a draw. But the uh, Great Spirit says that both of them can pass on to the next part of the tournament. Well, because we find out this part of the tournament was just the preliminaries. They were trying to weed out all the weak shamans, apparently. Which I guess makes sense. Until you see his buddy with the hair. <laughs> of course. We're gonna... What, what page is that? Okay, it's only two pages of episode 10. <laughs> um, we go into episode 10... Actually, before we go into there, speaking of Re, I want to check to see if he was actually drawn inside that uh, episode 9. Because he brings up that he was there, and they go out of their way to go back to show that he was inside the... Uh... 
he was in he was over there in the in the in the uh, in the, stu- in the stadium uh, listening to the next bit of the rules and I want to see if you can see him in there And Silva looks so evil when he's got the headband and the shadow over his eyes. But uh, let's see here. I guess that was in the beginning of episode one then. Let's wait for that to come up here. Um, next episode, we find out that the, the tournament is going to... The next part of the tournament is going to be held within a month from now. So that's going to give everybody a chance to train. Let's see. They have the forethought to draw Ryu. I'm actually trying to look for him right now. Man, I cannot see. They could literally say that he was there and they draw him in. They have the fag if everything is dark enough. I guess we see some really interesting, like, the shaman designs. Like, some of them, like, it looks like some of them came from Egypt. So we got some Egyptian lore going on here. Got a couple of football, we got a football player. Well, I'm not sure that's a football player, but the guy got, like, a, got, like, he's almost got, like, a football, like, uniform. There's some really odd designs. I also bring up that there's not that many females. I think I saw three, maybe four or five. So there's not, there's not that many female shamans that made it through. I mean, that's, that's anime for you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that is anime for you. Like, females are not a primary, like, warrior race in anime. You get a few so that they have their token female characters, but usually those are silly, too. I mean, like, think about, like, Dragon Ball Z. They've got, like, what, Ribran? And then you've got um, Khalifa and Kale, who everybody hated automatically. Like... That was pretty much it, right? Except for a few winged characters that got blown out of the ring. Mr. Roshi. That's true. Um, we essentially... Knocked out two of the female characters himself, didn't he? Master Roshi himself knocked out two of the female characters that were in the tournament of power. I guess he did, then. I guess that makes sense. I don't want to think about that. That's well, I'm just perfect. saying, if Master Roshi's taking you out, you're probably not one of the top tier. Okay, then. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> okay. But, um, we essentially have, like, everybody, everything's back to normal. We have, we, I, I wrote down, like, Yo's having a uh, pre-crisis event in his life. Because he's like, everything is like, like you know, everything was fighting up, all the way up until now. And now he's like back actually going to school. Anna shows her support for him by giving him kind words, but also giving him a, a, a training regimen for the next month. Mm-hmm. The uh, Then we have everybody joining, like everybody that you was fought, like is like she joining him for like a celebration over his house. I thought that even, was pretty Even Ren and Basson are there. <laughs> I wrote uh-huh. that in caps. I thought that was amazing that Ren just showed up like that. That's just that's a big testament to Yo's ability to make friends with anybody he meets, assume the best of them, and not hold on to grudges and everything else. I think that was really great that like 
once again, he's sort of made a friend. Well, I mean, Bastion said in the last episode that they were bickering, bickering like old friends. So I was like, like the way they were arguing each other seemed like they were friends for a, a lot longer time than it, than they initially were. Yeah, Renjun is a cool guy. I mean, Ren is a good guy. Renjun is a good guy. <laughs> Renjuda. I'm sorry. I know you mixed up. I know you accidentally said his sister's name in that, but it's just funny. <laughs> it was like that. Ridge is a good guy, yeah. Ridge is a good. Wait, what? <laughs> um, we we do see them all having a party. We also see that uh, Ren brings up that he's planning to return to China, I guess, to resolve something. From the way that everything was set up, it sounded like he was going back to China. Um, actually, I wrote this down. I think this. I remember this. Um, the uh, the love interest. Well, the the unrequited love interest. Uh, to, to, uh Talmoa. I wasn't sure about this, and I may have brought this up before, but now I'm thinking about it. But I actually have to look this to confirm it. But that this voice actress voiced a character from another anime. And I had to confirm it, so I looked her up, and sure enough, yes. Because I, I recognized the voice. I, I very rarely recognize Japanese voices, but that was the one voice I recognized. So what was it? Uh, her it was Hinata Hyuga from Naruto. I forgot her. I didn't write her down. I didn't write her name down. I need to do that. Let me go find that out. So at least I can properly give her, give her, you know, give her kudos for like for actually being um being involved. And it's kind of funny. She's being involved with another girl who's a love who has a who's in love with the main character. But this one isn't gonna well isn't gonna end up with the main character, unfortunately. <laughs> It's actually really funny. Uh, VA. If we can get her name. Wrong anime. Uh, Japanese name. Her name is Nana Mizuki. That's her name, Nana Mizuki. Ah, she's she's uh she's also a uh, a singer, and she's still active. Oh, that's cool. Jeez, he's been a lot of anime. Good lord, I need to look at this later. But I'll uh, come moving on. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I like I like Hinata Hugo. It's, it's cool to, 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 to you know she's still do, the, the actress is still doing things. Um. I guess with that, we uh, can skip a lot of things happening between. Because I brought the, you know, Ren's moving to, uh, Ren is moving, well, not moving, but he's going back to, he's going back to China to sell some things. We do bring up, we do find out that Bassan's saying that, you know, Ren very rarely hangs out with people. So, <laughs> you know, the, him being here is another testament to how, uh, I guess, how much, how much uh, Yo has changed him in this one fight. I also find it kind of funny that ghosts shouldn't be able to feel anything, but they're in the bath too. I guess what? small and funny things. But, uh, we, uh, cut to something a little more important, and I'm gonna preface this, and I think you're gonna recognize it immediately. Um, we run into the monk bros. The, the monks that, the singing monks, I should say, the singing monks. In a hearse. Why is this important? It almost seems like a silly. I say it's important, man, because like they were actually a part of the tournament. 
I mean, they were probably doing something illegal, but they're kind of important. Um, but before we get to get the importance, I think you said you wanted to bring something up about like uh about Ren. Yeah, I think yet. you had a point. Not yet. We can talk about these guys first. Okay, but uh, we like at least they first they, we see these first seem like a gag at first, but at, then later on it's kind of revealed that they are just trying to get to Amitamaro so they can remove Yo from the tournament because they yeah. find him as a threat. What was the name of the? What was the name of them? They were the what? Uh, I think they were just the uh, Monk Bros. I didn't think they actually had a name. Well, I can look this up. What was the Boz? That was the name of their equipment, but wasn't it their name too? I have no idea, actually. Their equipment was BOZ, and I think they were like, they identified as the Bose something too, like the BOZ. But I was getting a kick out of the BOZ because it was being pronounced like Bose, B-O-S-E, which is a, which is a company that makes speakers. Yeah, I caught on to that when I was looking at it. I was like, really? <laughs> I caught on to it because my really good earbuds are that. We're the, yeah, we're the singing monks bows. They call themselves as a group. They call themselves bows. We're the yeah, we're the singing monks bows at 1458. And they also do a little bit of a a, a bleach call out with Chimmy Chimmy Morio. That is an actual song that you can listen to on YouTube. I am not kidding. Um, I wish I was kidding, but I'm not kidding. Um. Okay. Their song ends up sending Ponchi and Conchi to heaven. I, I thought that was funny. Uh, the spirits that uh that Tomo was carrying with her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we see that they're, I mean, they're not that much of a threat because uh, Ryu shows up, and apparently he was sleeping in the in the in the house behind their hearse. Yeah, he's mad that they woke up woke him up or something. And he has changed, uh, well, not too much physically, but more like mentally. Apparently, I don't remember this happening, but apparently, they, uh, they left Ryu back over on the island with Ryo's grand, uh, with uh, Yo's grandfather. So yeah. he just he just trained there. I don't remember this happening. Yeah, he got training with King Kai too. Can somebody get the cane, the one to the far left? Light it on fire and then yank him out. Exit stage left. I don't mean any of these people, so don't take it seriously. I want to purpose that now. Uh, yeah, Ryu is now Ryu is now revealed to be a shaman. I feel like the only reason why these monk bros were even here was just to make sure that Ryu had somebody to fight. Because they they, yeah. remo they, they removed the sword. They removed Aminamaro from Yo, and Yo couldn't save himself, so. I thought that Ryu could even, like, hang... I mean, I thought that this guy you could even hang with the Bose brothers, never mind, like, beat them in a fight already, like, was pretty testament to, like, how small fry these guys were. And, I mean, even after he beats them, they're like, yeah, I never really had any the people that sent him. I mean, Ryu was, Ryu was, you know, his so his guardian ghost is, is a ghost that Amir Maru and Yo had a hard time fighting anyway, so, I mean, he... Yeah. I need to learn his name. I think his name is Tok... Togaga, uh, the lizard man. Um, as they get beat up from Ryu, they run away and they let a name slip. They, uh, they, they, uh, we find out that apparently they're uh, under orders from a guy named Hao, 
who we then see in the next scene, who's uh, who's sitting in front of a campfire with a, his with his guardian spirit behind him. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until they actually drop what his importance is. Uh, but uh, how it was very important. Um, it seems like he's gonna be like the biggest threat they're gonna have because he has like the biggest spirit we've actually seen up to this point. It doesn't seem like he's even in, the thing's even in Oversoul either. It's just like manifested in real life. Yeah, but I didn't think they were going to drop him so soon. I was like kind of very shocked that his image was dropped as soon as it was. Uh, <laughs> as we go to, as we skip to Hal here real quick, because the Guardian Bros that I don't have. Also, can be aware that Ryu's hair started growing back. Apparently, his hair is a testament to how strong he is. So I guess it's going to get longer as he gets stronger. That's awesome. Uh, we get to how he's got three fish, but I want to just... If you actually stare at how long enough at the side image... He, he looks like somebody, doesn't he? Who? How? Well, hook me up. I don't know. Uh, it's at uh, 1632. 1632. All right, let me see. He looks like a combination of, of, of two characters that they have already designed in the past. All right, I'm at 1632. Are you talking about, like, Piccolo or something? Or are you talking about... I have the power to reach to the sphere. I'm so you right now. <laughs> I don't know who you mean. How you see his you see his like face there? Hold up. Let me show you a screenshot of what I'm because maybe I don't see anything unbelievable in the 1632 where you showed me. This is what I'm looking at. I know you want me to like flip out and say that this is amazing, but I don't see anything really. You, know, you don't like, see you don't see any resemblance. I mean, it's it it's there. Like, it looks like one of the most generic anime faces ever to me. Not even the hair is tripping you up. Who he looks like? Not a lot. Okay, then I'm not gonna say what I'm not gonna say what it is then, but uh. There is a resemblance there, but um, we're just gonna move on till you know they they show him entirely and in, in, in proper. Okay. Um, I guess after that we see Rin. I guess this is the part where we're gonna gonna drop this off for you to continue is this. In, is is the character in Shaman King or is it in some other anime? No, he's in Shaman King. The character he looks like he's in Shaman King. Okay. I'm not sure, but at least that narrows it down. I was trying to think like if it meant like the the outfit was like Piccolo or something. You know, now you brought that his outfit kind of does kind of look somewhere to pick a little. Just fought the shoulder pads. Oh, we're moving off on there. Okay. Uh, but you know, we see Ryu hanging out with everybody else there, but we're skipping from there. Yeah, I feel, yeah, they that's probably what they did. Ryu said he was there, but they probably just added him in there and posted or whatever. They, he probably wasn't there. I thought they were going to be smart about it and actually have him in there. 
Because <laughs> I was concerned that maybe he was there and I just didn't see him. But I really do think they just added him and they added him in the flashback. Like, because it was so dark in there, anybody, anybody could have been in there if you didn't notice they were there. Yeah, we cut from there to, like, you know, Anna saying that Yo's going to be training, like, it's going to be training really harshly. And then we have Randall on the bus. Well, not Randall on the bus, but Randall on the train. We found that apparently he's got to go pretty far. He's got to go on several trains, two days on horseback, just to get back home. That is a, that is a long way to go. So it's amazing that a train can take him as far as it, as it does. Um... I think probably what you're mentioning that you wanted to pick up on with Ren is his scene with Basson on the back of the train. Yeah. So, the woman offers him a, um, a bowsy on the back of the train. A bowsy. And it's a, a type of bun in Chinese cuisines. I'll send you a link to Wikipedia so you can, you can confirm that the pictures uh, match up. But I was curious why he eats this bun and then suddenly he's different. So I did a little research on the cultural significance of Baozi. And it says that um, men, the Baozi was developed in Chinese culture as a filled form of manteau, which is a plain skin dumpling. And the story behind it um, explains the unique shape of it and also why its development was such a, like, why it was so popular. It was said, this manto was said to be created by legendary third century militarist strategist, um, Duke Lang, I guess, or something like that. I'm, I'm probably way off with pronunciation. He was on his way back from a, a famous, from battle during a famous campaign, Quasha Rebellion, and he had a problem. He couldn't get across, he defeated his enemies, but he, was, he couldn't get across a river. The river was impossible to cross. The myth says that the river was closely guarded by a deity refused to allow safe passage unless he threw the heads of 50 of his soldiers into a river. Wanting to satisfy the deity's demands without sacrificing his troop, he ordered for 50 buns that looked like human heads during to their, due to their flat bases and round shapes to be thrown into the river, and that tricked the deity, and they got safe passage, and the buns were named Manto, or Barbarian's Heads, in celebration of the victory. But they were all considered like a bowsin, like one of those types of buns. And it was the story was like became legend, and it was um, developed into a people like the story of a people's victory against barbarians. Barbarity is a bad lunch, and things like that. But it was also um, they're very proud of it, like it's something they're very proud of. And also, it's been used in other situations. Um, you know. Like so, is it like a symbolic offering to the god? It's seen and that um, removes helps them alleviate their sickness, and it's also something that they eat on uh, New Year's. Um, where is it here? Give me one second. I'm sorry. It's also something they see in New Year's that. Um, symbolizes they're eaten then and they symbolize um, promotion to a higher position or a better standard of living in the coming years. So the fact that he's traveling and he hits this insurmountable thing, in this case, someone that he equates to like water that he can't get over, like this demon, like he can't get over this thing that for him represents water. 
And then the woman gives him that bun and he eats it and he instantly gets over it. Like while traveling, he hits that obstacle like water and then he eats the bun and he gets over it and he has a new continent of history. It, it seems like the idea of the Bowsie that he eats like, and I checked the, the audio to make sure they were really saying Bowsie and were. And that's also why I looked up the pronunciation just as I was starting with you. It seems like it was sort of like an offering, like sort of a remedied since it was seen as like a curative thing for businesses that helped him get over the water of Ren and uh, and go on his thing. And I think this is because it's such a legendary, strong legendary thing in Chinese culture, I think that they would probably get it, or if they thought hard enough or enough of them would get it where it was doing. But it's probably lost on us as someone that's not directly culture, but I thought it was a cool possible explanation for why he eats the thing and then just has a personality 360. I mean, it could be the fact that, like, maybe this deity he ha- that he sees is his father, because he brings up the fact that, like, the, his, like, the major goal, he, he's, while he's having a conversation with Basan, and as he, as Basan person, he's changed, um, and he was so changed after that sweet bun. Which I think that is what that is, but he, they call it a sweet bun, which is kind of weird because this is just filled with vegetables or meat. They call it a steamed bun. But he says it was sweet. He might have said it was sweet, but it was a steamed bun. And that's what the uh, that's what the dish is. Uh, the articles I showed you. Just when you th- I thought you were in a bad mood, you ate the sweet bun. Well, hang on, because my computer's borderline crashing right now, so I can't do anything. You can still hear me, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, what? I can talk to you right now, but I can't do anything with my computer. Say something if you can hear me. What? Okay. I think I'm back. Um, no, they, somewhere in that scene, they call it a steam bun. Maybe it was a mistranslation? Hold on, let me go back. It can probably be both sweet and steamed, though, right? I don't know. I feel like there's a difference. Well, the steamed bun is like a really open-ended food. If you look from that thing I showed you, like sometimes they're filled with meat, sometimes they're filled with other... Yeah. It's called a steamed sweet bun. So we're both right. At uh, 3... I'm sorry, 2001. Yeah, I saw it. I, I saw the sentence. So some of them, like a douche-a-babo, uh, for example, is filled with sweet bean paste. So some of them, um, or one of them is sweet yellow custard filling. So they can be they can be meaty or they can be sweet or something like that and still fall under the category of what we're talking about. It's less common for them to be sweet, but that also that also helps understand why she specifies that it's sweet instead of meaty. You know, like you wouldn't be like, here, have this meaty steak. You would say have a steak, and it's understood that it's meatier. Have a taco. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't say have this meaty taco because tacos are always. But if it was a fish taco, you might say a fish taco because. Tacos don't traditionally have fish in them, but they can have fish in them. 
So she might be specifying that it's sweet to um, to help him understand that he's about to eat something sweet instead of eating. Yes, yeah, so I think I don't know. Like I think I think Ren had already been changed. I don't think the sweet bun signified a change. I think the sweet bun when he ate it signified a change in the thought process. Yeah, he got over the river. Oh, I know. It's like, you know, he's saying that he was talking about how like he always thought human. He he always hated humans stuff like that. And then when he met Yo, that changed. And now his next hurdle, and now he's he's having this whole conflict where he's like he's killed so many people. He doesn't think he can atone for it. And um, I'm sorry. Are we talking about the Jesus or this guy? I'm talking about Ren. Okay. When you said he's done so many evil things that he didn't think he could atone for it, I was a little bit thrown for a second. I was if Jesus had killed anybody, but no, he's killed people. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna move on from that. <laughs> But, uh, Ren, but then Ren brings up the fact that a lot of his problems have to deal with his family and specifically his father. Yeah. And now he's going to go out of his own way to go and defeat his... He says defeat his father, but Sonny and Simon thinks he's going to try to kill him. Sonny and Simon thinks he's going to... There's a bunch of zombies in front of his parents' house, so he, like, I guess this guy was expecting his son to come back to try to defeat him. But that we see him saying he's gonna go through, he's gonna have some fun and go through all those zombies, and then we cut away from there. Uh, and with that, I guess I can say that was this is it's the, I guess the last bit of things we have to talk about for this podcast. It is actually very late here for me, like almost twelve o'clock. Same here. So with that, we're gonna come back next week, and we're gonna talk about just my uh, my hair academia if there isn't a break. I don't know if there's gonna be one. It's only to you mind. I don't think there's gonna be one. There's, there's gonna be an episode, but I don't think. Uh, but we'll find out. Uh, I guess with that, we're gonna end it off here. Uh, thank you, Jock, for joining me for this. Um, I think we spent a little bit longer than I actually intended to talk about Shaman King because we spent a lot of time talking about My Hair Academia, which is fine. These things are these things are not scripted, and I, I plan to keep it that way <laughs> for as long as I can. <laughs> but. Uh, See you guys later.